0: What's going on, everyone? What is cooking? This is scriptwriter Steve right here. You've reached my podcast, Barbecue Two Movies. Yeah, today is March 20th, 2021. It is Saturday. So, today is Screenwriting Saturdays and we are talking all about screenwriting. We're gonna leave the barbecue talk to the side. We are gonna talk about movies. We're gonna talk about, the, about that Jack Snyder cut. I saw this movie twice. Yeah, it's four hours long, I saw it twice, so I have a lot to say about it. Alright, well I'm going to turn this music down right here so I can get a little serious. Well, maybe not too serious, because you know me, I don't take life too serious. Yeah, so um, when, I guess when that show came out there, when it hit my cell phone, I got that notification from my HBO Max app and it said, hey, you know, the Jack Snyder Cut is available. And I said, you know what? I'm going to watch it. You know, I, I told my friend, I told Pitmaster Keith I would wait for him, but I couldn't I couldn't help it. I watched two hours of it. And then the next day we said, okay, I'm going to wait to watch it with Pitmaster Keith and my other friend Keone, who's a really good prop maker, and he's a cinematographer for a lot of films out there. And uh, yes, we watched it over at Keone's house. And uh, it was great. And then I watched it. I just finished watching it with my father. Uh, I, I told him, it's a great movie. You got to watch it. And uh, he, he told me, well, I don't, I'm not sure about it, Steve. It's a four-hour long movie. I said, why don't we just watch 10 minutes of it? And he ended up watching all four hours. So that's how good it is. So um, I will tell you this. Uh, it is maybe the best superhero movie that I have seen. And I like superhero movies. I mean, that's my genre, if anything. I love superhero fantasy. I even write that. That's my favorite. I guess genre to write if that is a type of genre. I love superheroes. I love the fantasy world created around them, and I like to write in that fantasy world. Um, I'm not sure why. That's just who I am. You know, I don't like to. I don't like really like romantic comedies, but I watch it every now and then. I'm, you know, I don't think Hallmark is that bad. I know, I know a lot of screenwriters who hate Hallmark, and uh, but I don't really write romantic comedies. But uh, yeah, I, I love superhero fantasy. And uh, I watched all of the MCU stuff. Uh, I was a big fan of the Man of Steel when it came out. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, when it was, the, I think the Superman vs Batman movie, I I said it could have been better, you know, but it was okay to me. I mean, it really, it really didn't miss it. it miss any uh, beats for me? Um, it could have been a lot better, but I watched, I watched the extended cut and the extended cut is so much better than the theatrical cut. So if you're going to watch the, the Batman vs. Superman movie, you have to watch the extended cut. The theatrical movie is not even close to as good. So watch the extended cut. I'm not, I think it's called a super extended cut or, or something there. It's not the director's cut. And I think that is directed by Zack Snyder. And again, I guess he likes to make really long movies. And, um, that movie was definitely worth it. Now, of course, with that one, I thought, eh, you know, the Lex Luthor thing, well, you know, he could have been a lot older. I didn't really care for Lex Luthor, but you know what? I'll forgive him for that. But then when Justice League came out, and I was pretty excited about it, you know, to be quite honest. And then when it hit the theaters, I went to see it, and boy, I came out of there saying, what the hell did I just watch? I mean, it was crap. <laughs> and I said, this is, this is not a good movie. Like, and, um, and, i i i think it was so bad that I believe Warner Brothers canceled Justice League two and then everything started to fall apart- i guess fall apart from there i mean i think ben affleck. I think he either dropped out of the Batman, uh, I guess, franchise. He didn't want to play Batman anymore. I think uh, after that, there were some, I think, some uh, movies that came out that were part of DC. that were just actual just flops. Uh, There was Suicide Squad, which was only good because of Harley Quinn in there. And I think there was uh, the Birds of Prey that came out after. I think um, even Wonder Woman 84 came out. That sucked, right? Uh, Aquaman was... I liked Aquaman, but man, they had a lot of acts in that movie. Uh, acts are a lot of turning points. And I think there was like eight or nine acts in there. And it felt every time it hit one of these turning points, it felt like you were in a different type of movie. But, um, I want, I'm going to review, uh, this movie when I get back from a commercial break. And, uh, I'm not going to have any spoilers in it, in it, even though we all probably saw it. I'm not going to have any spoilers in it. So you can listen to the entire thing. And I want to talk more about, I guess, <laughs> Uh, the elements or the, the elements of screenwriting, uh, within this movie and the elements of storytelling within this movie, which would be, I think would be a lot more interesting than critiquing this movie. All right. Cause I, you already know it's a good movie, but I don't want to spoil it for you because, uh, it's, even though you've seen it before, you haven't seen this version. And it is, I don't want to say it's a hundred percent different, but, man, it feels like it's 100% different. So I'm going to cut to commercial. Hope you join me on the other side of this commercial break because we're going to get into all the details of this Justice League movie, all right? I'll see you soon. What is going on, everyone? This is your favorite complainer in chief, Scriptwriter Steve, with a shameless plug for Dream Weddings Hawaii, a company that I just happen to own. Now, we specialize in romantic, intimate beach weddings, but plan weddings of all sizes and shapes gala weddings, elopings, surprise vow renewal, no problemo. So, if you are looking to tie the knot here in Hawaii, you better get in touch with me. Now, Dream Weddings Hawaii delivers quality that is extremely affordable, but don't just take my word for it visit our website at dreamweddingshawaii.com and find out for yourself. That's dreamweddings with an S, that's weddings with an S, hawaii.com. So look at our awesome photos, check out our awesome, beautiful, touching ceremony videos, and take a look at our cheap prices, which I promise you won't faint at. Now, don't forget to read our five-star reviews. And by the way, we also take professional family photos. So visit our site, at dreamweddingshawaii.com or just buzz me at 808-479-0685 that's 808-479-0685 Okay everyone I hope you join me back from the commercial break and I didn't lose any of you and I don't know about you, but I watched Zack Snyder's Justice League cut for the third time while you were all gone. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, all right. I'm gonna turn this down. So let's get straight into this. Let's get straight into it. Hold on. I gotta pull up some notes here because, yep, I put some. I got some notes. I don't want to just shoot from the hip on this one, because I have some specific things I want to tell you about. Now, what I'm going to do right now is that I'm going to review this movie on all different levels, but I'm not going to give out that many spoilers. In fact, I'm going to keep my spoilers down to a very, 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 very minimum, I think maybe a half percent, not even one spoiler, but we all kind of know what the Justice League movie is about, right? There's mother boxes and there's a Steppenwolf characters. We know the Justice League assembles. We know everything in there. Uh, I'm not gonna tell you the whole scope about it because there are some Justice League members here that do make appearances that don't make an appearance in the first one. So I'm not gonna reveal who they are, okay? If you wanna know, you gotta watch it, all right? But I'm gonna talk about Everything from the backstory of the Justice League and how this cut came to be, um, how, I guess, Zack Snyder and everything, how what type of storyteller he is, uh, what type of director he is, um, the tale of two different directors. Uh, I'm going to talk about some of the characters in, uh, in this um, movie and some of them which I kind of still had a problem. Now, I love this movie. I give this movie pretty much an A+. plus. Okay. But even when things are 100% great, there are still little things in there that do bother me, you know, even though, because that's just who I am, right? But even, even if they bother me, it doesn't mean I hate the film, all right? You know, things can, you you can always be bothered by something, but we don't want to let those little idiosyncrasies really sway our opinion to the ultra negative and say, hey, I don't like this little thing here, so hey, this this movie is a piece of crap. Some people who are in the industry and who are screenwriters, they tend to do that, right? But you have to learn how to disconnect yourself from being an ultra critic and just flat out, flat out enjoy good storytelling, good visual storytelling, and just when it hits you in the face. And that's what this movie did. So anyway, uh, for those of you who don't know anything, what happened with this whole Zack Snyder cut, uh, just to let you know, so... Everything I've, heard, I'm telling you right now, this is not first hand accounts, okay? I don't know Zack Snyder, never met him before. I don't even know anybody who knows him. I met people who may have been around him, but even then, that's hearsay. Most of what I have heard is basically through the fandom, through YouTubers, and through entertainment writers. And you know, they're not the best sources of at all, you know, when it comes to information, but you know, again, what the hell, okay? I think there's some, I guess, I guess um er- areas of truth in there, and I think when there's smoke, there's fire, and Zack Snyder really didn't really come out and dispute what what had happened, so I think we could say what i'm what I'm about to tell you is maybe pretty much the full story. So what had happened was that I guess when the first justice League when I mean, again he was slated to direct this movie, and when it had just finished production, we're talking all the filming, unfortunately. His daughter Autumn had committed suicide. Now Autumn was one of his adopted daughters out there. He's adopted quite a few, and she was from China, and uh, she was also an author. She loved writing fantasy or something like that, and she was also invo- involved with a lot of nonprofits. And then she committed suicide. Um, this this pretty much like you know again like struck Jack Snyder and his wife completely blindsided them and uh they just you know what they would do whatever i guess any loving parent would do just quit because and because the the most important thing to Zack Snyder even though he loved this franchise and loved movie movie making it's his family so he took time to step away from from this to be with his family to grieve with his family to heal with his family and <laughs> all the power to him completely all the power to him and uh again so What he did was that they hired Josh Whedon, uh, to actually, uh, finish up the project. Now, Josh Whedon, he's, um, a writer and a director. He's pretty much like Zach. Um, he directs superhero movies. Um, he directed Avengers. He wrote the Avengers. He directed Avengers Age of Ultron and he wrote the Avengers Age of Ultron. Now, he is more of a television director, but again, you know, he's very, very capable of, you know, doing a a good job. All right, because I loved Avengers. I don't know about you. I loved Age of Ultron. I didn't think it was a bad movie at all. Okay, so here he comes in and he sees all of what Zack Snyder had actually done and uh, he tries to make a movie out of this, all right? And on top of that, know that he is working within, within the constraints of the studio format, telling him that, hey, you know what? You have to make this movie and make it only two hours long or maybe two hours or less because what Zach had shot, (laughs) that could be a, that's, that that's looking like a four hour long movie. All right. So what did Zach do is he took his script and I think he modified it. And I think he only shot from what I've here about 75 to 85. I think there's numbers of 83 pages of the entire 400 page script. Now to me, I think it's maybe 240 pages and, um, he made Justice League more into what his view was, which was a lot more comical. He reshot some of the, the scenes. And um and, and you know, he really didn't didn't understand, from my point of view, where Snyder, where Zack Snyder wanted the story to go. And why should he? Because you know, Josh Whedon is not Zack Snyder. Now, what we got was the um, I guess what I got what we got was basically Justice League uh, I guess 1.0 Uh, that was very much watered down. The characters were very much all over the place. The action sequence were not very honest. Uh, It it made myself, like, leaving the theater, scratching my head as thinking, what the hell did I just watch? Because Man of Steel was great. Again, Superman Superman vs. Batman, the extended version, was great. It's a great movie. And then you come out and watch this one, and you're thinking, whoa, this is not good. Not good at all. So, everyone knew. Now, That there was a Zack Snyder cut that basically existed. And in this case, the actors who worked on it said they were, they were rallying their Warner Brothers to actually release it. Now, a lot of YouTubers, a lot of gamers were actually saying, release the Zack Snyder cut. And this became a hashtag, release it, release it, release it. Now, nobody ever thought that that was actually going to, actually going to happen. Because again, this is, this is pretty much rebooting. The Justice League, just to let you know. It, it is, it is, it is equivalent of saying, for example, if Disney were to come out and say, well, we're going to make uh, a J.J. Abrams cut or J.J. Abrams version of The Last Jedi because there's something that's much better out there or maybe a complete, uh, Kathleen Kennedy less, you know, franchise because we just admit that everything's just wrong. And that's what Warner Brothers actually did. Now, what prompted them to do it? It was, to me, it was a perfect storm of, the, I guess, the fan base rallying for it. And then on top of that, AT&T uh, buying out the Warner Brothers, buying out HBO Max, buying out DirecTV, and again, a new ownership comes out and says, hey, you know what, we're going to do something different now. because again. You know, Warner Brothers and everything—they were—they were really failing. You know, they had things like their own DC Universe um, streaming platform, which really was really was not going anywhere. And um, once AT and T got on board. AT&T, your cell phone guys, right? When they got on board, they bought, bought this. uh, They bought up Warner Brothers and HBO and everything like this. They said, Hey, you know what? We're going to make things different around here. And they just started listening to the, to the directors, listening to the fan base and letting things pretty much, you know, materialize. And they, and then again, they created, created HBO Max and HBO Max just came along at the right time. Like, I mean, I hate to say it's the right time, but this is when COVID happened, right? And again, everyone's staying home. The theaters are gone, right? Nobody can go to the theaters. Even now, you know, you know, going to the theaters is not very common. I mean, I, th- I think I went to one movie, you know, before some of us, we would go to movies every single weekend. There was a movie always playing every single weekend. Right now, it's not, right? It's, <laughs> there's no movies coming out. Right now, right? So we're saying, hey, all the good movies are coming out on these streaming platforms like Disney Plus, HBO Max. And, and and these studios are finding out the profit model is a lot more advantageous to or a lot a lot better, uh I guess to profit by subscribership like Netflix. Netflix has a lot of money. Amazon is making a lot of money, all through subscribership, not necessarily, you know, shooting a movie to distribute it in the theaters. So this is what they're doing. And it just happened to happen to be a perfect storm. And here we go. You know, again, HBO Max, they're distributing this movie, you know, a Justice League on this platform. So it was a perfect vehicle and it's a perfect vehicle for people to actually, I guess, subscribe to HBO Max. And my opinion is that If you don't have HBO Max, this is a very good chance to actually get it. This is a very good excuse to actually get it. Now, I have heard now for some people who are my friends over there in Australia, I told them about it. I said, you gotta get HBO Max. Well, unfortunately, they can't. (laughs) They can't get HBO Max. And they're saying, oh man, Australia sucks. So I'm not sure if you live in an area where you can't get HBO Max. I'm not sure if you can watch this movie. Okay, so anyway, so one thing about Zack Snyder, we'll get into direction right now. So Zack Snyder, he's very much—he's a very different storyteller than Josh Whedon, right? Um, he is a very, very visual, uh, visual storyteller. Okay, he loves slow motion very much, like John Woo. And to me, when I look at you know things from Zack Snyder, very much like John Woo. Everything is, you know, overly dramatic. Now, you know, Zack Snyder can turn your baby's first birthday party into some type of slow motion artistic piece that makes you contemplate life. Now, there's nothing wrong with it, but he just has a tendency to over-dramatize everything. Now, this works perfect. In the superhero fantasy genre, right? You know, and again, it, he he's done three hundred before. Watchmen, Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman. He's got a new movie called Army of Army of the Dead coming out on Netflix, and again, it works for these high concept storylines. And um, now. But it won't work. Maybe say if you if you hired Zack Snyder to say, "Hey Zach, can you shoot my can you shoot my wedding for me?" And he'll he'll make it really nice, cinematic, but it'll be overly overly dramatic. And you'll say, "Wait a minute, I don't remember my my wedding being that dramatic, <laughs> right?" Uh, now, one thing with Zach though, his storylines are not very complex. Right there and when I say complex storylines, I'm talking, you know, when I novels have very complex storylines. So they have all these subplots and they always converge and they overcomplicate the problems and the ending is ending is very intelligent. Now that's not what you know you're gonna find from Zack Snyder. You're just gonna find some cinematic Marvel and and a very visual storytelling of I guess a visual storytelling epic that will leave you very satisfied in the end because you'll say whoa, now that was really really cool okay now for the justice league they shot this in IMAX with IMAX cameras and they shot this the IMAX cameras by the way these cameras they're shot in 43 and these um when the, when i say 43 that's your old fashioned CRT televisions that are square they're pretty much squares, right? They're not perfect squares, but they're pretty much of a square. What we're buying now is are these rectangular screens that are 16 by nine. Now, what happens when you put a four by three image into a 16 by nine? Well, you have a lot of black spaces on the on the left and right. So if, you, if you're gonna watch the Snyder Cut, you're gonna see a lot of black bars on the left and right. Now, he is not subtracting um, uh, I guess, the the image from you at all. Instead, he is showing you what the IMAX camera shot in, in a complete wholeness. He's gonna show you the exact top and bottom of the whole frame. So that's what you're seeing. So if he would have shot, if he would have delivered to you a 16 by nine format to actually fit it on your television television screen, he would have to crop off the top and bottom to the camera. All right, So you're actually seeing more image than you would that, than the original Justice League. So the original Justice League, they actually cropped the top and the bottom off. Now, why don't we talk about the two directors a little bit more, okay? Just a little bit more. I want, to, I want to touch upon it just a little more. Now, everything these days, especially in the superhero genre, everything is pretty much shot on green screen. Not everything, but the most of it, right? So the directors have so much more say in what goes on in the image, in the background, how you're gonna composite this because everything is just composited. Now, just imagine this. Josh, I am uh, Zack Snyder, he shot four hours, a four hour long movie. So he shot four hours of, not four hours of footage, but four, uh, enough footage to make a four hour long movie. Just to let you know, that's a ton of footage. That is tons. Now, here, here comes Josh Whedon, and he's stepping into this post-production, right? And he shoots some of his own. But all what he sees are all of these images that, that Zach shot on the green screen. And he has to piece together, well, you know, say that scene was shot for this green sc- uh, this concept right here. But again, you know, how is Josh Whedon supposed to imagine that? Because that's not his shot. That's not how he, how he would have shot it. So he has to imagine how all of this stuff goes together, how it's all going to composite all together. You know, how is Steppenwolf going to look? How is, you know, uh, I guess the briefcase going to fly up in the air? And uh, how is Wonder Woman going to jump up to get it? And in fact, the big difference is that in, in this bank robbery scene, not bank robbery scene, but this this other um, scene where this, uh, I guess the children are going to be possibly killed with a bomb, you know, Wonder Woman is flying. It, it, Wonder Woman actually flies in Zack Snyder's uh, cut, but in the movie, uh, in the original one, she just throws up the briefcase. Two big differences right there. Very, very big differences. And again, they're just composited differently. Josh Whedon saw it different. And in fact, the fight scene was a lot different. He saw, when, when he shot um, Wonder Woman fighting, he'll see Gal Gadot doing all of these, you know, fighting effects and all that. And then, uh, I mean, these blocks. But they're not in fast motion, right? So he cut all of that out because because what he, what, what happened is that in this scene where they're shooting uh, an automatic uh, machine gun at Wonder Woman, uh, she's blocking these bullets flying toward her with her bracelet, not the bracelet, but those little shield bracelets, right? Now, in the Josh Whedon scene, they cut that all out because what happens is that when Zack Snyder shot it, of course, you have Gal Gadot, and she's moving her hands up and down, up and down, up and down, and it doesn't look that impressive, right? And Josh Whedon doesn't know that Zack Snyder's going to speed up that, so it looks as though she's blocking every single bullet, right? It just looks as though she's punching air, and it looks really, really goofy, and then she's going to, you know, you know kind of do a few spin things, and then she does the same thing, but it looks again, it looks really goofy, He has no, he, Josh Whedon has no idea that Zack Snyder is going to speed it up there, slow it down here, speed it up there, slow it down there and just do things in a matter, you know, make this really incredible fight scene with what he just shot. He can't visualize that. So he cut that all out because he has no idea what to do with it. He's Josh Whedon saying, what is Zack doing here? I don't understand how to make sense of this. So again, Josh Whedon had, Whedon had to piece together all these green screen, all these green screen shots, and make a composite. And he must have been pulling out of his ha- out of his hair, you know. All of his hair must have been pulling out of his head, you know. So, anyway, I have to give props for Josh Whedon for making a movie out of just all green screen things. Uh, but, and, and that's a really tall order, right? But Zach, once he got hold of his footage, his composites. He delivered the movie that he really wanted to show to us, and man, that thing was a masterpiece. So for direction, he gets an A+. Josh Whedon, he gets an A+, plus as well, for me. Because, again, he was dealing with stuff that he didn't shoot. And trust me, that is that is tough. That is really tough. Now, it would be different. It would be much different if they would have shot this all on an actual set and there was very little chroma key, and then they would would just ask Josh Whedon, hey, just cut this together and make make it something good. That's not a tall order, okay? What they're asking Josh Whedon to do is to take all of these green screen composites and make something out of it. (laughs) That's like assembling a Rubik's Cube out of a million pieces, okay? All right, so let's go on to the characters. Now, who's in this movie? We, if you watch Justice League, you have Cyborg, you have, you have The Flash, you have Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, right? And there's some other characters in there which make an appearance. I'm not going to spoil that for you. But I had a problem. Now, the really interesting thing in here is that for Zack Snyder's version, you get to learn more about almost every single character's backstory, much more of their backstory, specifically the Flash and also Cyborgs, Right. And this is what I had a problem with. Um, I have a problem with Cyborg's um, backstory, which was extremely SJW. Very much social justice warrior, wokeness to the max, all right? So what we find out now, there is gonna be a little spoiler. I have to tell you about this, okay? All right, there is a little spoiler here, um, but I don't think it'll make a very big difference because it's not that big deal it won't really change your. I guess you won't be missing anything. Okay, so um, in this, in his, when we learn about his backstory, I guess the um, cyborgs. Uh, I guess his, his name is called Victor. Victor, and uh, his mother is called to. I think the principal's office or the dean's office. I think of his of his college. And she's called. She's called there, and the dean or the principal is saying that, well, Victor was caught trying to change the grades to a classmate who was failing in college. And the mother says, well, he's a really good kid. But the dean says, well, you know, I know he's a good kid, but that still doesn't give him the right to to hack into our computers and change the grade of a classmate, you know, who was failing. (laughs) And the mother defends Victor, her son, who's cyborg, as though it was something heroic. (laughs) Like... That's not heroic at all. I mean, that is flat out cheating. If this person is failing in school, well, she has to fail. He or she has to fail. Now, then later, when um, Victor turns into cyborg, um, he is told by his father that he can basically do anything. You know, control nuclear missiles, control everyone's bank account, um, just with just his thought. So he goes into this matrix computer computer land, and he sees all of these bank accounts and he sees this woman, and I'm not sure if it's that woman that he tried to help out in college or not, I'm not sure, but she's working as a waitress, having a very hard time, very poor, doesn't have much in savings, and then he goes in there and inflates her account to $100,000. She only had $11 in there. And then he inflates it. And is that supposed to be heroic? That's cheating. That's flat out cheating. Are we supposed to view that as heroic? Now get this. Compared to the other characters of the Justice League, you have Flash, who was saving people. You have Wonder Woman, who was killing the Nazis. You have Aquaman, who was saving fishermen. But then you have Cyborg, who's cheating the system. Why couldn't they write a better backstory to him? Or or a better backstory, or have him do something more heroic than having him cheat the system? That's not right. That's not even right at all. I mean, it's bad. It's flat out bad. So that's the one problem I, I had with him. Also, I'm not sure why Zack Snyder told him to walk really strange. I mean, he walks with this, you know, that as though he's this bodybuilder. Like he's walking like as though his muscles are too big for his, his, his bones. You don't. You don't have to walk like that. That's just a very weird walk. He he didn't walk like that in the cartoon. And I've seen you know cyborg. You know I guess movies with cyborgs in them. They walk like regular humans. You don't have to walk like that. He just has a very strange walk. And then what I really didn't like was his helmet. So when cyborg uh, went full helmet. It just looked weird. I, I thought his entire armor looked really, really weird. Um, now, going on to Batman's armor. Now, I, I, didn't, ha- I didn't have any of the problems with um, the the the, uh, the other characters. But Batman's armor, that also looked kind of weird. Um, because it looked a little puffy. Now, it looked really kind of puffy because Ben Affleck, he is a buff dude. I mean he, he he's a Ben Affleck is a big dude, all right? He's no he's not no small dude. And I think you just have to put on spandex over that guy and he looks great. He doesn't need all these little puffy little muscles and all that things, right? Um you know, you know Superman, just give him what Superman was wearing and Ben Affleck will look great. Now, Batman's armor in the last battle when he's finally battling Stephen um Stephen Wolf and all that, that looked great. By the way, Stephen Wolf's armor, now that was cool. That was really, really cool. Now, Stefan Wolf's character, that was a really good character. That character was much better flushed out than in the first. And this was really interesting because even though he was evil, he was not necessarily 1 million percent evil. You know, we, he wasn't 100% indestructible or omnipotent. I mean, his agenda was clear. Stefan Wolf had an agenda and he had fears. He had self doubt. He was a very complex character. He wasn't just evil, and he wasn't just out there to kill, right? So he was just trying to prove himself to the dark side. And, and uh, when I say dark side, by the way, that's not like a, like a Jedi thing, right? They're, you know, where you have the dark side. Now, this dark side, the actual character, dark side. So all the actors, they all did a great job. Uh, ben Affleck, he's turning into one of my favorite Batmans. Um, and you know what's really great about this Batman is that he's just not angry anymore. I mean, he has a sense of faith. He's changing internally. And, you know, there's a part of it that just makes me smile when I when I see Ben Affleck, you know, embrace the character of Bruce Wayne. Uh, Gal Gadot, I think she's a perfect Wonder Woman. Jason Momoa, I love it that he's an unapologetic male, okay? It's hard to find these days because a lot of, with all the SJW stuff going on right there, you have, you know, all these really strong male characters apologizing for being masculine. And I think one of the only two people who don't apologize for being masculine is Jason Momoa and Tom Cruise. Now, Ezra Miller, um, he plays a young, geeky Flash, which adds a great comedy element. You know, my father was saying, ah, he's a little too geeky, a little too stupid, but I think it's great. And of course, Henry Clavel, what a great Superman. Really, really good Superman. Uh, now let's go back to the script. Um, now, by rule of thumb, one pa- one page of script equals about one minute. Uh, for some reason, the way it's formatted, and when you write it perfectly, a shooting script, one page equals one minute roughly. Uh, action scenes may take a little bit longer to explain, and usually, action on a script it really isn't you know it really isn't written on a script. It, they're written in storyboards, uh, and in this case. These, a lot of these scenes, I think, were storyboarded the hell out of because you're dealing with a lot of composites and you're, you have to get your computer graphic artists on the same page as you. So, um, at a hundred, most scripts are about, uh, about 120 pages, right? 120 pages. Even if you, even if back in the day you delivered a 120 page script to the studio, they would always say, well, can you make it 90? Now, lately, most movies, are coming out around 120, 130 pages. Uh, even though they'll say they want a 90 to maybe 100 page script. 90 is maybe a little short, but you know they want a 100, 105 page script. They'll say that's a good page. That's a good number of pages. I think the original for Zach's script was about 200, 240 pages. That's four hours long, right? Um, that's a long movie. That's a really long movie. And I really think this movie could have been written a lot tighter, uh, but... I think, now this is no insult to Zack Snyder, but I don't, I really don't think he knows how to tell short stories. You know, Superman vs. Batman, it was a great movie, but only if you, only if you watched the extended version, which was three hours long. Now the theatrical version was a mess because it was only two hours long. So you're leaving a lot of story on the cutting room floor. So again, Zack Snyder, he only knows how to tell, you know, very long stories because he's a very, very visual storyteller. And I guess his action scenes are very cinematic and slow motion, right? Uh, So you're not, you're not going to be, his storyline can't be very, I guess, complex because if it is complex, then you're going to get a really, really, really long movie. Okay. But for himself, all of his scripts that he has written, they're not very complex stories. And again, to sum up this movie, right? And this is not a spoiler, but this is what it's all about. This is what the Justice League in the first one was about. Steppenwolf, he he embarks on a journey to get three mother boxes, and then the Justice League assembles to stop him. That's it. That's really really not a complex storyline, okay? That's really it. And in this movie, we get to learn the backstories to a few of your, your Justice League characters who didn't get their own movies. And um, Zack Snyder, he knows what he's good at, and he's the best at what he does. I, I think he's one of the better cinematic visual storytellers out there. And he's so good that I ended up, I ended up clapping my hands so many times saying, well, that was just cool. That is just cool, and I can't wait to even watch it again because there are so many things in here that yeah, that I think I just missed because I was just enamored with it. You know, I mean, there's so much visual information to soak up. So again, he wrote the best script that he could direct. Okay, It's not the best script in the world. It's not a script that's going to win the Oscar. Um, by the way, if it probably wins the Oscar, it's probably a talkity script that is just boring. Okay, so I don't even say that, but then uh, it's not one of those, let's see here. You know what script I really like? You, if you haven't watched it, you have to watch the movie Oblivion by Tom Cruise. That script is amazingly complex. Uh, it's so complex that if you can watch this two or three times, it takes you maybe two or three times to watch this movie to understand really what is going on and what the character motivations are really what's going on and and, and uh, how all of these all of these characters kind of melt in with each other. So, um, but that's about it. My question is that if there was no HBO Max, how would we get to see this Zack Snyder cut? Because again, it's four hours long. I mean, would we really see a four hour long movie in the theaters? I don't think so. I mean, I I think it's a really good question. Now, huh? they... (laughs) Here's the really cool thing is that I can't wait for Justice League 2. And everyone is returning. And there's there's going to be something really strange going on here. Because um, they hired out Michael Keaton to play Batman again. They hired, and uh, Ben Affleck is back as Batman. And there's a new Batman coming out who stars that character, that guy who plays... Um, who was he? Was he was in that that uh, vampire movie? I, I forgot which what, what his name is and all that. But he was uh, one of the vampires in there. But um, I, I don't really watch all of the stuff anyway. But uh, he's the new Batman. But that's supposed to be a standalone movie. But I think that he may actually even cross over to this, and everything revolves, I think, around Batman having all of these flashbacks of Superman going bad, and again Flash traveling back in time and changing things and and we're looking at a very 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 complex storyline this may actually be a very complex storyline because joker and batman are on the same side superman is your bad guy right and you have a and you have um dark side who's a bad guy and it looks like aquaman is dead and also wonder woman is dead so what is happening here Something is happening here, and I can't wait to see what's going to go on here. So uh, um, I think uh, they said that Zack Snyder is currently working on the story right now. Um, Which, by the way, this wasn't going to happen. Justice League 2 was DOA after the Josh Whedon version came out. That's how bad it was. So now that this version came out, everyone is saying... Um, wow, this is just great, and now we're going to see number two. And we're going to also see number three, by the way. But will we just see it on HBO Max? Will AT&T say, Are we, we're going to put you know, $200, 300000000 million into this. Are we really going to get our monies back? I mean, another thing too is that, say, for example, if you want to buy this movie, how do you buy this movie? Now for me, I mean, are they going to make this movie, um, a purchase, a purchasable movie or will it be one of those things you have to sign up on HBO Max to actually watch it? Isn't that interesting? Wouldn't that be interesting is that, cause right now what I do is that I don't buy any Blu-rays anymore. I buy, I buy everything on Amazon Prime. Okay. I like Amazon Prime. I, I have tons of movies on there. Now I wonder. If they're gonna say no, if you want to watch this movie, it will only be available on HBO Max. And I'm sorry, you have to subscribe to it. That'll be interesting. I wonder if that will, that is what a lot of movies will like. You know, I guess take. You know, I guess I guess take on. A lot of movie studios, I think, would become subscription platforms. And then I wonder what happens to Netflix, right? Because they have a lot of movies out there that are from different studios and everything like that. And, you know, they all want to be like Netflix. And I think they all want to cut out Netflix too. So it's going to be very, very, very interesting. Okay, everyone, that is about it. If you didn't watch um, uh, the Zack Snyder Cut, do so. Uh, if you don't have HBO Max, it's a very good excuse to get it. And I hope you enjoyed my review. I gave it. I'm giving it an A+. Two thumbs up, A+, five stars, ten stars. It's great. All right, everyone. That's about it for my podcast for this weekend. And I will catch you later. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Hey, I hope you like my podcast. If you do, don't forget you can subscribe to me on any of the podcast platforms out there. Just look for Barbecue (laughs) 2 movies